Welcome to Horns Up. It's another episode. This week is episode number 14. And Peter, we are talking about technical death metal. Yep. The one I think old schoolers hate and new schoolers, I don't know what their thoughts are on it. <laughs> technical death metal, I mean, you have to be really good at your instruments. But in going with the times, we seem to have finally reached the pinnacle of technical death metal. Right? I don't know. I want to actually, this is this was something when I came across, I really knew I had to get your thoughts on as a non-musician. So, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about an AI uh, machine learning tech death metal band. I don't know. I mean, so this is something called Dada Bots. It's an AI built by the Berkeley College of Music graduates. Wow. Bunch of nerds. Yes, bunch of so, nerds. So they're these two guys, Zach Zukowski and CJ Carr. They've been working on it for a few years. And they basically have trained a neural network to kind of play metal. I don't <laughs> I'm I'm wondering like why they chose metal, but like okay, cool. And when I was looking it up, they've basically programmed or at least taught the neural network to play stuff like Meshuga, Kralis in the past and kind of, or even I've even heard the Dillinger escape plan one and basically it gets covered or played to the best of the ability so the Meshuga album is nothing but the only reason and it's been in the news lately especially on the metal blogs and metal sphere in general is that the current one that they're doing is mm -hmm. been trained on the death metal band Artspire yeah uh, have you heard them I haven't heard Artspire, but I did check out what Darabot is okay. doing. So one of the things about Artspire, I realized also is the guy has pretty inhuman kind of vocals. So okay. there's already a controversy as to how the guy kind of comes out with those sounds. And now to top that off, you have the neural network that's kind of learned that. And now is on YouTube a 24-7 stream of brutal death metal based on that. Yeah, it's essentially taking what uh, you in your normal day-to-day -day job as a marketing professional would be paying an agency to do for SEO purposes, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, right? It's, it's machine learning Yeah. so that eventually you don't need any humans to create death metal music. That's very shitty, man. I mean, think about it as a musician. I, I'm, that's why I'm coming back to where it first occurred to me. Do you, are you afraid? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not a it's not a territory. Um, I don't think art at the moment is a territory in which machines will eventually overtake humans. Sure, this whole fascination that humans tend to have with training machines how to be human, right? That is never going to end. So you're going to see countless more experiments where, you know, there's a machine that maybe can paint using yeah. machine learning, like the next uh, big art piece or construct a haiku, because at the end of the day, all of these things can be programmed. Yeah. And technical death metal, because of the word technical <laughs> in it, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's something that is pretty uh, programmable in that way, right? Yeah. It's not jazz. No, I mean, it was pretty cool because like this comes back to something like because I did my MBA a few years ago uh -huh. and I there was a presentation by IBM and they were talking about Watson and how exactly, precise yeah, it is yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, 
it's all almost getting there and they did allude to something where you know machine learning in terms of art or music and they said oh a lot of people cannot distinguish but as a metalhead it just makes me wonder i mean of course we now we can kind of talk about da- data bots because you heard it and we had a brief thought exchange to continue the trail that you were talking about uh, creating music which is machine made versus creating music or listening to music that is human made uh, at this point in time when everybody has access to technology it's not wrong and it's not unfathomable to think of you know drummers adding extra blast beats yeah. uh, which probably they can't play in real life or but guitarists playing notes yeah. at a speed slowly and then speeding everything up so that and then eventually trying to learn i mean uh, this is the way bleed was written right yeah, you yeah, yeah. first programmed everything on yeah. a machine and then eventually the human technique was achieved to play yeah. that song live so if ai learning or machine learning can help us create parts where or create riffs or create songs which then is deemed playable then it will open up new skills yeah, but but I mean, for that to occur you'll need to keep feeding the ai so much more for it to be able to just come up with the different permutations and com- yeah. and uh, fuck what is the other word that permutations and combinations yeah so permutations and combinations for it to be able to create something that's not heard of before i mean if you listen to the databot stream right now half of it is very mediocre yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is exactly where i wanted to come to basically like it's great you mentioned bleed i still remember the guys from protest the hero which yeah. are a technical yeah, yeah, band exactly. in a way exactly yeah yeah the guys couldn't play kezia live for the longest time Correct. it took them so long because they were so far ahead in their writing but when it came to like performance wise mm-hmm. so that's just another example exactly and we've heard the same things i mean rings of saturn apparently yeah. would record their albums yeah, at half speed it, yeah. and then only speed everything up and that's all thanks to technology yeah so, so yeah think, but it, it's going to be quite interesting and uh, i'm just going to repeat what we uh, had a discussion earlier where it'll be kind of st- interesting if they add a few more bands into the mix and probably let's see what happens 6 months a year down the line you know what i'll be really interested to see give a uh, give the neural network like napalm death <laughs> <laughs> nazi punks <laughs> fuck off <laughs> oh man oh man i'll be even more killer give the give the uh, neural network some obscure porno grind band or some obscure <laughs> i don't know cock and ball torture <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah vomit for breakfast yeah, something yeah, yeah. of that sort okay that'll be fun we, we anyways yeah anyways, we've gone far ahead. we've gone far far ahead with what uh, technical death metal in the future w- may look like let's talk about what technical death metal looks like in the present and to do that uh, well this time around we are going to be talking with malika sundaramurthy that's an indian name Yeah. But she's not Indian. Not Indian. <laughs> she's well Indian pa- descent. Descent, yeah. Yeah, but that's not the reason we're actually talking to her. We're talking to her because she is an excellent uh front woman for this Massachusetts-based tech that band called Abnormality. They're coming out with a new album in this month. Yeah. And yeah. 
why are we talking to her because there are countless other tech that bands that so are coming out with an album this I month I, I i mean one of the things that uh, always struck me about uh, abnormality is they never kind of push themselves as a female fronted uh, band really and if you kind of didn't look at the promo pictures or stuff like that and just listen to their music you wouldn't it's pretty really hard know. to tell yeah. yeah it's pretty hard to tell and it's quite an impressive feat if you think about it just as a band themselves because the, when you compare them to most of the kind of brutal death metal or even technical death metal bands they do stand out from the pile really and you know the album comes out on metal blade records which again is a label that has a reputation that kind of precedes itself so it was a pretty impressive listen i really liked uh, social constructs so i thought it would be great to kind of have a chat with malika and kind of get to know more about the album from her yep so let's do that then here's the interview with malika sundramurthy from abnormality <laughs> All right, we're now joined by Malika Sundramurthy of Massachusetts-based tech death band Abnormality. She's undoubtedly one of the best female death metal vocalists of today. Thanks for sparing some time to talk to us, Malika. Great to have you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. You know, at Horns Up, we not only kind of talk about what's happening in the present, but we also look at, you know, just some of your roots or your past. So just let's talk about your musical journey uh, take us back to your childhood and can you trace your musical journey for us how did it begin what was the music you grew up with well <laughs> that's interesting um well my father is from india you probably guessed by my name <laughs> and uh, my mother is american so i grew up with you know mixed cultural background and and music from from both countries but uh my biggest influence being american music having grown up there and um i took singing lessons when i was a child my my siblings and i we were enrolled in singing lessons some classical kind of singing um and i, I continued with singing uh throughout school doing things like chorus and um when i became a teenager i was more interested in, in rock and metal and uh was developing my vocal style on my own um but I didn't form my first band until college time so right uh it was more of a, a hobby for me and and singing along to bands I liked and things like that so it was the band that you formed a metal band uh, how did you get into metal uh yeah well it, it I started as a fan of metal um I was going to a lot of concerts in high school um and i was drawn more to the heavier styles um and when i was in college studying abroad in spain in barcelona i joined a a metal band there it was a death and roll band um just by chance i was just i, I met some metalheads there and i recognized their shirts and we started talking and i went to their band practice and uh just started singing and they asked me to join their band like on that on that day um so that was my first band experience um and when i went back to college in boston i was looking to join another band or form another band um and i had a few more projects before forming abnormality um 
So it, it was a journey, but Abnormality has definitely been my longest going and most serious band. So you did mention about uh, discovering metal while you were on your trip in Spain. What drew you, if I could ask? Well, actually, no, I mean, I was listening to metal since I was a teenager. Um, I started with, you know, what I could find on the radio. This was before the internet was really a thing. And the yeah. only way to discover music was listening to the radio or uh, getting exchanging tapes with friends. <laughs> so um, I was first exposed to hard rock um, Bands like Alice in Chains and uh, Nirvana, things like that. Um, and in high school, I was just exchanging tapes with friends and, and discovering more heavy bands. Um, and through the radio, I found uh, some of my favorite bands like Deftones and Soundgarden and um, Rage Against the Machine, those styles in the 90s. And yeah. uh, it just got heavier from there. <laughs> I, I made some friends with the, the metal head, um, other metal heads in my high school, and I heard about, um, you know, Pantera, Metallica, and uh, there was a friend I had uh, who had a death metal band and exposed me to some more bands like Cannibal Corpse and Demo Borgir, Cradle of Filth, and um, yeah, a, a bunch of other bands too. So that was part of the journey. and. Um, just my tastes just got into heavier, heavier things. And when I heard suffocation for the first time, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, and, and Vile and, you know, a lot of American death metal bands, um, I just discovered through friends and just never looked back. Um, so yeah, by the time I was in Spain, I was already listening to bands like Death and, um, just... I had Arch Enemy had just come out like uh, with Wages of Sin, like uh, with Angela Gasso. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Like there's other women like interested in this music playing it. I was already singing uh, death metal style by then just because I was trying to see if I could do it just for fun. Um, but then uh, it was like, oh, cool, there are other women doing it. That's awesome. And yeah, I just made some more metalhead friends and just had that first band experience and it was so thrilling that I wanted to keep doing it after that. Lovely. That's actually a great segue to the next question we had for you, which was uh, what really drew you to growling? And when did you realize that you could do this and that too for a long period of time? Is there some sort of a story behind you deciding or you realizing that you could do this and deciding to do this? As I told you, I had been singing since I was a child. and uh -huh. uh, You mentioned classical lessons. So uh, were they uh, Carnatic classical or Hindustan no, no, like, like, uh, classical? Like, like, like American classical music. Like, like, uh, like, like British style singing. <laughs> I don't know how to explain right. it. But yeah, yeah, like American, you know, yeah, yeah. West, Western music. Western but classical, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I have, you know, been exposed to some some Indian music through my father, but I never learned how to sing to sing in this style. But I really appreciate this music too. Um, so yeah, um, just having had experience as a singer, um, when I was first heard death metal, I was blown away, you know, by the vocals first, and like how do they do it? And and 
I had a friend, as I told you, um, in high school that had a band and I saw them practice and, and I was like, wow, like the vocals are so interesting. I wonder if I can do it. <laughs> and I just started trying. That's, that's all. I, I just was, I fell in love with this kind of uh, vocal because it's just so unique and uh, extreme. I loved the energy of it and the, the variety. So it wasn't like a, a plan to join a band. It was just to I challenge myself to see if I could do it. And uh, I enjoyed it so much. And as a fan, just, you know, singing along to my favorite bands and things. And then when I had an opportunity um, to sing in a band, I, I jumped at it. I, I previously, I have to say, I had kind of dreamed of being in a band before that, but it was more like, a, a rock band or something when I was younger, you know, but I, I was interested in doing music. But um, the first uh, opportunity I had, it, it was later and when I was already a fan of metal. Okay. Uh, now, sticking to this, as someone who's had some amount of vocal training as uh, in childhood, um, how much of training does death metal growling require for you to be able to do this? It takes or a long lot. stretches of time. Yeah. yeah, to do it professionally, it takes a lot of practice. And I, I never stopped developing my voice even after I formed Abnormality. I took some some vocal lessons with an opera singer, and that, that really helped a lot uh, with my breathing techniques. Um, so I use this with, with Abnormality now. Um, so I definitely have improved as a singer since the beginning of the band. Um, so, it, you know, in order to maintain your voice, especially on tours where you're singing every day, no breaks, <laughs> it's really important to have proper vocal technique and and it's important to take care of your voice to to not lose your voice or get nodules on your vocal cords or something, which which has happened to, you know, to to professional bands. Um, so. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I, I learned those proper techniques um, and I've been able to maintain my voice. I've never lost my voice on tour um, and it's due to the, the proper breathing techniques and uh, taking care of my, my throat, of my vocal cords. Okay, cool. Now that we've kind of touched base a bit upon uh, abnormality, uh, <laughs> it's complete 14 years. Uh, so what we wanted to know is, how did the name Abnormality come up? Uh, what was the mission statement back then, if you had any, and has it changed or evolved in the past 14 years? Well, um, I started the band with the drummer, Jay, um, in 2005. <laughs> yeah, 14 right. years ago. It's crazy. Um, I was looking for, for a new band after a project I was working with fell apart. Um, and he invited me to, to do some guest vocals with his band at the time, Terrorism, and it was supposed to be just like a one song with them at a show to help me find a band, but he was so impressed uh, with my singing that he offered to start a side project with me, and then it, it soon after became the main project. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, I, I just really 
you know, was in love with death metal, I really wanted to do it in a more serious manner, not to just have, you know, a garage band or something, but I really wanted to take it to the next level. Um, and, and Jay was a very serious musician, too, is a very serious musician. He was um, a part of a local, another local band called Goratory, um, who also had members that later became Job for a Cowboy, actually. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a really deep, uh, you know, metal music history in our area and a lot of serious musicians like like Revocation also coming from our area. So there's, you know, so much, so many talented bands um, that I'm lucky that I fell in with the right musicians and um, or it's just, you know, persistence, hard work and persistence. But uh, we were really, um, you know, a part of a great scene that just helped uh, mold us into a more serious and uh, bands, you know, that drove always to be better and better. And um, it's like a, a friendly competition in our scene, you know, like uh, it's, 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 uh, you, you feel inspired to do better every time. And it's, uh, it's definitely like, I think an important thing as a band to be surrounded by people that, you know, are better than you or that, you know, inspire you to be better. So I think that was, you know, just in our environment that uh, molded us to, to, uh, to take music seriously and take it as far as we could. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of lineup changes over the years. Um, not everyone can, can dedicate themselves to music as much as we have. Um, but uh, I, I'm really proud of uh, what we've accomplished over the years. It, and our goals have changed over the years. You're asking like uh, what we set out to do. Uh, we had like our initial goals and we, we surpassed those and we made new goals and, and here we are today. Yeah, it's, it's been a wild uh, journey. I just wanted to go back to my initial question. Why did you choose to call yourselves abnormality? Okay, right. <laughs> um, well, the name, it took us some months actually to come up with a name. We had a, a lot of discussions about it, arguments. <laughs> and this was the, at, you know, at the time there was four of us in the band and we couldn't agree on a name. And finally, I think it was Jeremy who suggested it. And it's, it's like the name we're all like, yeah, okay. It's, it wasn't too, it didn't pigeonhole us into one sound. Like with this name, it, you know, we could explore our sound and, um, and it, it could symbolize a lot of things. And, um, and maybe, you know, it wasn't the initial thought, but, you know, maybe it's more rare, you know, to have a female in the band. So if, if that's kind of what makes someone think the band is abnormal, okay. But just the, for us, it was more like uh, we, we didn't want to be afraid to explore different sides of extreme metal and, and uh, you know, put whatever we were inspired by, whatever we were passionate about into, into the music and um, try to break some boundaries with it. Cool. So now that 14 year journey is leading you to a new album, Sociopathic Constructs is just around the corner of the release. Two questions on this. First up, uh, why does this album need to exist? 
And secondly, what's the reaction the band is hoping for with this album? Well, <laughs> why it needs to exist? Well, it's it's a product of our our you know our hard work, work, blood, blood, sweat, tears, and and our passion um, for music. It's uh it's the next chapter of the band. Every every one of our albums is you know a different chapter in our journey, and and no one album sounds like the other you know it's it's a progression always um it's a different you know part of our lives you know whatever we were um interested in exploring at that time we put in into the music and um you know we always put put the music first above all things so yeah um i think it's a it's a good time for this album it's um marrying the the best of old school death metal with modern death metal um has elements of both you know modern progressive sounds and 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 classic brutal death metal sounds um so i i think that you know in that way we're unique we're not afraid to to be inspired by old but try try new things too um so yeah and I think uh, this time around, we, we really uh, stepped it up and with the technicality, the brutality and uh, balancing it with um, just solid songwriting. Uh, so, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so, uh, one of the cool things was uh, the press note that we got was quite detailed. So I'm just going to take a line from uh, your guitarist, Jeremy. He says, uh, I think this record, we feel free enough to go where we wanted within a song. And yeah. the way I looked at it was, you know, it's a move by a band that doesn't want to play safe anymore. Am I correct uh, when I interpret that? And yeah. what inspired this move, really? I think we're... I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that, because I think we always feel free to express ourselves how we want to. But... Uh, I think more than ever, we're in a great place as a band. We've been, you know, writing with our new latest member, Sam, now um, for more than three years. Um, so I think we've really come into our own with our with our style and our, our current lineup. And we felt we were in a great position to really show off, like, what the band is capable of to really step it up over the years we've had many different setbacks and challenges and and now we feel like it's really our time to shine mu musically and uh you know without restrictions right okay and I, and I guess that you kind of answered it within terms of your sound because he talked about you know not a, feeling free to also kind of throw back into that morbid angel kind of vibe mm -hmm. also yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I think we're always like uh, I think we've always had that morbid angel influence, suffocation, and uh, with some you know some other elements too, like Behemoth and uh, like uh, even some grindcore influence. Uh, but you know, whatever uh, different genres uh, apply that that we we're not afraid to combine elements of and you can hear our inspirations if, if you listen closely <laughs> yeah there's also a quote by uh, drummer and lyricist jay that says with a lot of lyrics already written the structures 
of a lot of songs were written into them uh, yeah. does this mean that the lyrics came first and the music came second on it's uh it's always different depending on the album but on this album it was uh, a lot of the lyrics were ahead of the music so um how does that a- approach really to songwriting impact your role as a vocalist uh well it doesn't too much i mean half the time uh there is like a lyric structure there and they they write the music to it and then the other half of the time i have the music first and i have to mold the lyrics to the music and and either approach works for me i'm i'm used to working both ways okay um, so do you feel any difference in output for using one way versus the other um well i think uh, when we have the lyrics ahead of time it, it helps um unify all the songs on the album if we have a solid uh theme like on this one we we had it most of the lyrics and and they all worked well together um so it it kind of um helped make a more unified feeling on the album this time around as compared to some of our other albums and something also i realized while we were doing our research is you're based in Czech Republic uh, while the rest of the band is based out of the US so how does the writing and recording process uh, work feel well this is the first time we worked like that i it's a more recent thing that i moved to europe um i i grew up in massachusetts and lived most of my life in massachusetts um so i i moved to Czech Republic um about 3 years ago through marriage okay um So most of the the time of the band I've been living in the same area as the guys so we already have you know a long history of working together and you know it hasn't been a problem um me working online with them now um so so this was the first album we worked with a distance and the only difference is I I tracked my vocals over here in Prague and they tracked all the music over in Massachusetts um the the album was mixed by by the same person um Peter Rucho who we've been working with since 2010 okay and also just kind of for the building on uh, the album itself reading between the lines uh you know conspiracies and exposing truth these are the kind of larger themes that the album album deal with am i correct yeah yep So what makes abnormality the ideal vehicle to uh for these stories or to spread the message? It's been a common thing for us throughout the history of the band to talk about uh conspiracy theories about uh the society we live in um about the government our criticisms uh you know about what we feel are unjust wars um and it's just our commentary about you know the the country we live in and the world we live in as a whole um and it's what inspires us um these things we also have you know just things that from inspired by our personal lives too and some kind of more uh science fiction stories like dystopian future kind of stories too um but a lot of uh, our songs have been uh more political based just because uh it's something we feel strongly about that you know we sh- we should speak up if we have you know you know opinions about those things or or strong feelings about those things 
And uh, we've seen a lot of um, corruption in our government, um, a lot of lies and um, wars waged under false pretenses. So those things like also anger us and, and we like to, you know, vent our anger in a healthy way through music. <laughs> and yeah, there's other bands that do similar things. Um, so that's just, that's what we've always done as a band, if you've followed us <laughs> through the years. Okay, so I think now it's time to get a little bit of a hit of that abnormality sound. We'd like to play a track from the album. Which one should we play and why? <laughs> uh, well, my favorite track would be the first track, Monarch Alpha, if you can play that one, but uh, it hasn't been put out there yet. <laughs> uh, okay. um, my next favorite is, is Curb Stomp, which is the first track that we released. It's one of the most brutal tracks on the album. And you had a pretty cool video to go along with it also. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
So that was Curbstorm from Abnormality's new record, Sociopathic Constructs. Allow us to change gears a little bit now to something a bit India-centric. Uh, several Indian metalheads know you because of your collaboration with Gutslit. What's the story uh, behind that? Well, I, I as a half-Indian-American, uh, was curious about uh, the metal scene in India even uh, the last time I was in India was in 2007, visiting family, and I was seeking out metal bands, like, you know, asking in the record stores, but they didn't know anything. But soon after returning to America through, uh, through Facebook, I, I found uh, Gutslit and some other Indian bands. Um, and I've been keeping a friendship with, with Gurdip from Gutslit since then. He introduced mm -hmm. me to, to a lot of the, the Indian metals bands in the scene there um i just you know i feel a connection to to the metal scene there and and i i understand like how much more difficult it must be to to have an active band in india so um so i i'm happy to support the bands there and and i i dream one day to to bring my band to india <laughs> one day i hope um yeah, so uh, Gurdip asked me to do some guest vocals on on that uh, song, and and even I wrote the lyrics for for this song to uh, "Circumcised to the Chainsaw." <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and I thought at first he would just have me do a couple lines, but I, I did the whole song <laughs> and wrote the lyrics. So yeah, it was it was a fun collaboration, and. Uh, they came over to Prague to Czech Republic recently, and I, I got to perform it live with them for the first time. So that was really neat, and it came came full circle, like you know, whatever ten years later after after first talking to to Gerda, I got to meet him and perform with Gutslit. So that was really neat. Yeah. Uh, similarly, like while you were talking about looking, uh, do you regularly kind of look at new music, underground music? What are you currently listening to, if you could share with us? Um, for, for Indian bands, you mean? No, just for in general. Any um, well, I, I find myself recently uh, going to a lot of my favorite classics, like Morbid Angel and Suffocation. I'm, I'm listening a lot more to, to older bands um, okay. as, as of late. Um, but... Uh, as for new bands, like uh, a band I have my eye on is is Entheos, and and uh, I had their guest uh, had their vocalist Cheney do some guest vocals on our album on the song Penance, so you'll be able to to hear that um, soon. Uh, so that was that was really fun, and they're a really amazing band. I, I recommend checking them out. Adding so, to our ever increasing pile of music that we need to listen to. Yes. <laughs> Here's something about your life as a graphic artist. Now, we know you're responsible for some of the abnormality artwork. Uh, but besides that, how often do these two worlds, metal and art as such, meet for you? Do you see these as similar worlds of expression um, or, or not? Is there a similarity uh, or is there a difference? Well, as an as an artist all-around artist for me expressing myself through music and, and visual art is very is very much the same um, I'm one thing inspires the other and ever since I was a child I've been singing and I've been drawing so it's just two things I developed um, as a creative person um, and 
now as an adult, I, I'm a professional artist. That's my, my day job when I'm not doing death metal. Um, and I've been, you know, working in the, the video games industry for over 10 years. Um, so I, I, I developed uh, more as a digital artist since then, um, you know, doing um, paintings, but digitally and doing 3D modeling concept art. Something I must bring up is you're heading on tour next month with uh, Gorgasm, Unbirth, and Cenotaph. Uh, how, uh, what are your thoughts uh, leading up to the tour? How are you looking forward to it? Anything special you're looking forward to? Actually, it's for the first time that we're playing Epstein Extreme. Oh, I've, oh, wow. I've, I've gone there as a fan. Um, just, you know, I've attended the festival, but this will be our first time playing it. Um, but this is our second tour in Europe. Uh, the first time we were in Europe was in 2014. We went out with Malignancy and Dehumanized and Beneath from Iceland. Um, and we on that tour, we played uh, Neurotic Death Fest, which is a big festival in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we played a festival in Europe, but this... This one, Obscene Extreme, will be our first time, and it's a, you probably are familiar with it. It's a huge festival. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's just such a fun time. We're really excited to play it, and the fans that attend the festival are some of the best in the world, and just a crazy mosh pit all the time, <laughs> fans yeah. jumping on stage and crazy costumes. So it'll definitely yeah. be really fun. We're, we're super excited for that. And... Uh, We've been friends with uh, Gorgasm for years, so it'll be fun to be on the road with them. Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. And it's, you know, after uh, five years since our last European tour, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Cool. So on that note, let's head on to our final question. Why does the world still need death metal? And why does the world still need abnormality? <laughs> Well, I think what the world needs is more passion, more more passionate people following their dreams, you know. Um, and death metal has some of the most passionate fans and most passionate musicians. You know, we're we're not here for the money. It's it's obvious. <laughs> we're here out of pure passion and love for the music. Just the amount of dedication it takes uh, to play, you know. The, the instruments at this level and uh, the, you know, the years of dedication it takes to, to get a band, um, you know, to, to have a band and, and to play, for, you know, to, to up to this level or, you know, at any level, it's hard to keep a, a death metal band going. And, and uh, so it's just draws the most uh, talented and dedicated people, the most passionate people. Um, I think that's, that's what the world needs is more more passionate people and you know that inspire other people to to follow their passions and their dreams yeah once again thank you so much for your time pleasure talking to you let's talk again once the tour is up maybe or when you're heading to india next how about that i'd love to and and thank you guys thank you horns up um really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me thank you horns up have a good day <laughs> you too Cheers. So that was Malika. Imagine if she was actually in a band from Bombay, India. Imagine the amount of scene followers she would have had. 
were you there when uh, when Mindsnare used to perform in Bombay? No. I I but <laughs> even though I wasn't there, I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. Everybody wanted to be uh, Yasmin. Yeah, Yasmin. Everybody wanted to be Yasmin's like what do you call them? Drama drum tech drum techs yeah, yeah drum tech no but what one thing that you're saying that it was really <laughs> cool to hear malika talk about uh arch enemy and the impact that they had on her just because angela yeah goso was the was doing it at that yeah. point in time and if you think about it probably that's what's happening right now with uh, malika i mean you have uh, cheney also from ethios who she spoke mm-hmm. about who did the guest so there's going to be probably let's see in the next Three four years probably a new wave and I'm hoping we don't have to kind of call bands anymore female fronted because it'll just be something that's normal. Yeah, definitely aiming for that. Um, you you already see it on YouTube and stuff. The amount yeah. of kids who basically do these YouTube vocal covers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And most of them are pretty good. Yeah. They just need to find musicians of their own caliber and yeah. probably put in the amount of hours and amount of practice that Malika has. Oh yeah, and I'm sure it's definitely not been easy. I mean, uh, despite her being in a different country, they've still kind of kept the band together. Yeah, and to keep a band going for that long, trust me, it requires hard work and it requires passion. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. So that's all the time we have on Horns Up this week. Uh, Next week, we are doing something new. If you remember, a couple of months back, we alluded to doing something new with Iron Maiden. Well, um, it involves Power Slave, it involves Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and it involves one of India's biggest Iron Maiden fans, apart from the two of us, of course. And I think we should stop it there. (laughs) Yeah, completely. Let's stop it at that. Uh, That's for next week. Meanwhile, reach out to us. Tell us what you thought. We are on Twitter at Pod. I'm Trend Crusher. And I'm at Asmo Annie. Till next time, Horns Up. Horns Up. Horns up.